Hi, this is Tammy, your host of the Honest Conversations podcast. Welcome to episode 15. Today's episode is a honest conversation about the topic of suicide. This topic um, or this podcast was recorded during the month of September, which is Suicide Prevention Month. And I am joined with a good friend who is sharing their personal experience with this topic. So I just want to give the uh, forewarning that this episode may contain discussions or content that could be triggering for some listeners. So I definitely want to encourage you to prioritize your well-being and emotional health. If you find the content distressing, please consider taking a break or reaching out to a supportive friend, mental health professional, or other resource for support. So please prioritize your well-being. Um, So thank you for choosing to listen to my podcast. I, as always, appreciate your support, and I hope you find this episode helpful. So please like, share, and subscribe if you would like to support my podcast. Thank you. Hello, this is Tammy with the Honest Conversations podcast. And on today's episode, we are talking about suicide. So September is um, Suicide Prevention Month. So this episode is in recognition of that. And I'm very excited to discuss this topic. And I am joined with Gerard St. Hilaire, who is no stranger to the podcast. What's up, everybody? <laughs> so for Gerard, for um, you know, folks who may have not heard you on previous episodes, can you just share a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Um, what's up, everyone? Uh, my name is Gerard Joffrey uh, St. Hilaire, and um, I like to consider myself to be a quester, just someone who is questing in life, um, just becoming... Uh, the person that God already knew. And um, with that, some things about me that I like to do, I do a podcasting as well. Um, love just meeting people, socializing. Um, love just uh, talking about race, religion, and um, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I uh, work at a, a nonprofit for those who are unsheltered. Nice. And where can people find your podcast? Yeah, on Spotify, actually, uh, Sweet Somethings, uh, Sweet Somethings. Um, and when you do, check out the April 2023 recap episode with your girl, uh, Tamara Nelson. That was a dope episode. <laughs> it so, was. Yeah. yeah, definitely recommend checking out Gerard's podcast. Gerard is a very deep and reflective person. I guarantee you will enjoy. Yeah, appreciate that. So... We are going to start with our icebreaker question. (laughs) And this time we're doing a randomized question. Mm. So, Gerard, pick Mm. a number between 1 and 25. 8, number 8. Okay. All right. So, the question that corresponds with number 8 is what's one small thing or practice that has vastly improved your quality of life? Oh, okay. Small thing. Um, 
it's funny. The other day I was talking to my brother, uh, um, Wayne Payne. He did the June 2023 um, recap episode with me. And we were talking about just how we like see ourselves. So he likes to say, just be easy on yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think understanding it's, it, it's it kind of major, but it's small in that just giving grace to yourself. Like that's the, that has transformed woo, my, mm. my walk with myself, with God, with people, just knowing that like, you know, just give yourself grace. Like you're good. Like yeah. you, you slip or whatever. Um, and it helped, it helped me to start loving myself even more, mm. you know? So, yeah. I love that. Just giving grace to yourself. I think for me, mm-hmm. one practice that has changed my life is just creating a morning routine. And mm-hmm. I've been doing that for like years and years. But I have a set schedule in the morning that yeah. I'm 100% committed to no matter <laughs> what is matter happening. What doing it. Right. So like I wake up five o'clock in the morning. I um, take my dog out. I do my workout. I do a 30 minute workout in the morning. And I listen to my podcast. I listen to the breakfast club every morning while I'm getting ready. And so I just have this like sequence of things that I do. Um, I stretch as well uh, before my workout and then when I'm driving to work, I like pray in the mm-hmm. car on the way to work. Like I just talk out loud. Yeah. And that's like my set thing every morning. Right. And it just sets the tone for the day. It puts me in like the right frame of mind. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to just tackle the day from that point. Mm. That's what's up. That's so what's up. I highly recommend morning routines. Yeah. Yeah, I've kind of been in and out of those. I've, I've done it. It's like it's, it's worked well. And I always like when I'm traveling or something, man, it just throws it off. And then, yeah. But once you do that, it's, it's such a beautiful thing. I need to get on that too. Yeah, you got <laughs> to stay committed to it. That's real. <laughs> so we are going to jump right into the conversation mm. and. Yeah. Um, and I think we sh- I like to always start with definitions. So yeah. what is suicide? How do you define that? I define it as, you know, it's it's crazy. I heard this word the other day that someone said it, it means when someone wants to unalive themselves. Mm, interesting. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, I guess it's, it's taking one's um, life uh, intentionally or, or voluntarily. Um, as a, mm-hmm. I guess a basic uh, definition, but I think it's a little more loaded. Uh, oh yeah, than that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that's like the basic definition. Mm-hmm. It's just death that is caused by injuring oneself with the yeah. intention to die. Yeah. Um, so intent is, you know, a big part of that as well. And, um, but as Gerard said, there's definitely more layers to mm-hmm. that. Um, I also want to include just other definitions in, in, you know, with suicide. So there's suicidal thoughts, and that's Mm -hmm. where someone may have the thought of killing themselves, Mm -hmm. but they may not necessarily have intent to carry out that Mm -hmm. thought. Um, So that that's a thing. Um, 
And then there's suicide attempt. So there's suicide, which is like the completion of the act. This person took their life. Um, and then there's a suicide attempt, which is when someone harms themselves with any intent to end their life, but they do not die as a result of that action. Mm. So when, you know, if someone says like, okay, they have a history of suicide attempt. So they tried to take their life, but they did not die as a result. Gotcha. Um, so, yeah. you know, just to put a little distinction um, yeah. to these definitions. And the intent has nothing to do with like wanting or like wanting to live or not. Right. Like, tell me more what you mean by that. So someone may not necessarily want to die, mm -hmm. but they may still mm. um, have that intent to do it for reasons or they may still attempt it. Yeah. So are you asked, are you saying like someone could have the intent to carry out an action that would end their life, but they may not necessarily want to die? Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. That's yeah. definitely a real thing. And I think in a lot of the cases when people attempt suicide, they don't necessarily want to die. Mm. They just want to end, you know, the suffering or what it is that they're going that through. They went through right. Yeah. Right. So when did you first learn about suicide and what messages did you receive about suicide growing up? Man, um, that's a great question. I think the, I know I was younger and, and it had to do with some, I think a celebrity, mm. like some celebrity um, taking their life. I, I don't remember exactly like when, mm -hmm. um, but I do remember growing up because I grew up with, um, in the Christian church, mm -hmm. specifically Seventh-day Adventist, I think suicide was something where it's like, you know, it was interesting how it was framed. Yeah. It wasn't, it was like maybe something was like wrong with the person and basically they were like going to hell. It was mm -hmm. always this question of, you know, if, if you don't commit suicide because if you do it, you're going to hell. Right. You know, and that's what it kind of uh, was framed as as I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I, oh, I wanted to add one quick thing, um, which kind of goes back to like the definition and all of that. So I noticed yeah. you said um, commit suicide. Mm -hmm. And so we, so a lot of times with right. suicide education, yeah, we try to like reframe that um, or like not use that term. Like death by, right? Um, yeah, so you could you could say like death by suicide, died by suicide, killed themselves, took their life. Um, but like we try to err from saying commit. Um, and I think the fact that you brought that up in an example about how the church has framed it right. is That's right. precisely why. Um, because a lot that word commit um, can make it sound like a crime. Right. Um, and of course, we don't want ever want someone to take their life, but like because of the suffering that a person is going through, we don't want to frame it as, you know, using that word commit as if right. they are, you know, committing a crime or right, doing something right, bad, but they're, they're right. suffering. Like it takes away the empathy of what that person's actually going through. Um, so yeah, I just want to throw that in real quick. Um, so yeah, so for me, when I first, learned, I can't remember the moment that I first yeah, heard about it. Yeah. And, I want to say I want to say it probably was in church that in I church, first yeah. heard about it but in the context of what you were saying about like oh it's a sin yeah. like don't do that or you're going to hell 
period. There's no way for you. But yeah. And there was never a conversation about like, mm-hmm. well, why would somebody want to do that? Why would some, mm. like, why are we not talking about why someone would want to take their life? Or like, what is this person mm. going through? There's no conversation about how do we help someone? Mm. Or let's have a church discussion about what do you do if somebody's suicidal? It's just don't do it or you're going to hell. Yeah. Period, point blank. That's it. And, and then it was shame. There's a lot of yes. shame. Yes. So like if somebody died by suicide and they were in the church, mm. it's more like, well, we don't know where they're going. Mm. And it, it, there's no, there was no empathy. There's no, it, it's just this like, well, we don't want to talk about that. Or like, right. shh, like we're not going to talk about how they died. Like right. they right. just, they're, right. they're just dead, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of secrecy, shame, um, like especially for the families. Like yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like I wonder what the you know the families were experiencing. Right, super like very embarrassed. I guess walking through, but not mm-hmm. someone like loving on them. Right, right, making them feel a little like ooh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's what I remember from growing up. Just those words, like shame secrecy we don't talk about it going to hell mm-hmm. it's a sin right. super negative right everything right yes <laughs> um so we're gonna we're gonna get into more conversation but i did want to cover yeah. a few like statistics oh yeah 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 on suicide um so and this is from the cdc that so you can go to cdc.gov if you want to look up more information um but over 48,000 people died by suicide in 2021 mm. um and then there's one death by suicide every 11 minutes 12.3 million people have seriously thought about suicide so suicidal thoughts are very common mm-hmm. Um, 3.5 million people made a plan to carry out, you know, suicide. Wow. And 1.7 million people attempted suicide. Mm. Um, it's 2021. Yeah, I believe this is all 2021 mm. statistics. I wonder if COVID affected some of that. Too. Right. Mm. I'm wondering about that too. Mm. And just to cover like some demographics mm-hmm. um, when it comes to suicide. So uh, groups that experience suicide health disparities. So these can be like systemic or societal mm-hmm. factors that could increase someone's chances of suicide. Um, so this includes uh, veterans, um, people who live in rural areas, um, sexual and gender minorities, Uh, middle-aged adults, people of color, and tribal populations. So these are Mm -hmm. populations that may um, face certain, um, you know, uh, societal and um, systemic challenges that could increase their chances of Very marginalized groups. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so adults aged 35 to 64 years old account for almost half of all the suicides in the United States. So that's when we're talking about specifically just age. Um, Youth Mm. that are aged 10 to 24, suicide is the second leading cause of death Mm. for this age group. And... um, Suicide rates for this age group increased by 52.2% between the year 2000 and 2021. Mm. That is a huge increase. Um, How much percent you said? 
uh, by 52.2 percent. That's wild. Between that age, uh, the the year range, um, race and ethnicity. So non-Hispanic American Indian and Alaskan Natives are the had the highest suicide rate, followed by non-Hispanic whites. So, and this is this is wow. like a statistic that has been you know as far as i've been like researching suicide rates they have pretty much consistently stayed in that like high range and but i never hear people talk about it Mm. that group um so yeah american indian and alaskan natives um had the highest suicide rate and then when we talk about location like geographically people who live in rural areas have much higher rates of suicide compared to folks who live in urban areas. And I can imagine that has to do with like maybe lack of access to certain resources, Mm -hmm. um, things being spread out, you know. Um, And then research show that high school students who identify as sexual minorities have higher rates of suicide attempts compared to heterosexual students. And then veterans have an adjusted suicide rate that is 57.3% greater than non-veteran U.S. adult, than the non-veteran U.S. adult population. Mm. Um, Veterans account for 13.9% of the suicides among adults in the U.S. Mm. So just some demographic statistics on suicide. Um, You were starting to say something, Gerard. Yeah, I just was just reflecting on on some of the um, stats and stuff. And I remember seeing the one about the second leading cause uh, between the ages of, I think, 10 to 24. Yeah. I think I had seen 10 to 14. I don't know why, but mm-hmm. but just like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm like, what was I what was I thinking about and doing when I was 10? Right. And I wonder, and even that 52% increase, mm-hmm. um, it's mm-hmm. like, what's what's happening, you know, as a people as a society where you know someone is thinking that someone is is experiencing so much suffering and pain right this is their best option right and that's it's very sad it's Um, it is it is very sad but i I was also going to touch on the uh the the number one the the ethnic groups Mm -hmm. like yeah the the effects of of that um historical racism and and just the, you know, the making someone live out yeah. this life of inferiority, right? And just treating them like garbage. Mm-hmm. Um, the colonization, and, right? Yeah, all of those effects, you know, have yeah. just culminated into what you're saying. And I think it also affects the doers. What do you mean? Because the two highest groups, you know. Mm. Or the, the ones who have been done to, and then I think mm-hmm. the doers as well, because there's something that affects you. I think when you're doing things you probably shouldn't, do. yeah, especially yeah. To, especially to your brother, mm-hmm. whatever the background, whatever, whatever. We're really all brothers and sisters. Yeah, and you're right. Um, and I remember not to go completely off topic, but I remember in the book, my grandmother's hands. Well, it's not. It's not completely off topic, but. Um, uh the book yeah my grandmother's hands which is about trauma um generational trauma and in the book the author talks about the effect of those have been colonized and also the colonizers and mm-hmm. how trauma is being passed on on both ends yeah, it is 
which is a very interesting um, perspective. Mm -hmm. So continuing with um, this topic, and I want to bring it more to a personal level, and that's the whole point of this conversation. I don't want us to just sit here and spit out facts and statistics, (laughs) but to really get to the personal. So Gerard, Mm -hmm. um, can you talk about, you know, your own experience with this topic? Yeah. Um, Before I started um, thinking about our conversation and uh, I used to say that when I did experience um, a a period in my life where that suffering was very great and I felt that this was the best option, I used to say I I thought myself into, I thought myself into depression and then that, Mm. that state kind of led me. Mm. But as I've been thinking about and just, um, you know, just reviewing and just going over things, I started to think of it slightly differently Mm -hmm. that the, I I think I negated some of the suffering and the pain, Mm -hmm. you know, and and kind of been kind of made it a, a me my fault thing. Mm. I thought myself into, and therefore, X Y Z. And I'm like, man, maybe. Hmm. Um. So for me, just to kind of unpack that a little and explain from my experience, um, I was it's it's crazy. There's there's so many ways to kind of like talk about this. I'm like, where do I start here? Do I start there? Right. I don't know. But hopefully, <laughs> I'll say what's needed to be said. Um, when I was living in Korea a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. you know, I, I was a missionary out there going out there, helping people. I was teaching English, teaching the Bible as well. And, um, I, yeah, I, I there was a moment where I was really by myself. So that's one thing, mm. you know, not being in community, Yeah. but I was, though I was working for people and stuff like that, I was living by myself, mm. um, in a land, in a land that I guess wasn't my own. Um, well, I don't know America is anyway, but um, <laughs> but while I was there, there were a lot of thoughts that I that came to my mind that just brought up things from the past, things mm-hmm. that were said to me mm-hmm. um, from a, especially from a parent, from people, and I and for me because I believe in in the higher power and God. And um, I believe that there's also an evil side as well, like evil forces, good forces um, that are in the universe. At this moment in time, um, the evil forces or the enemy, if you will, uh, I think launched a, a, just an attack on me. So I, I want to frame it as well to say there could be someone who's not religious and stuff like that. So, yeah. so um, there was this moment in time where a lot of negative things, right? Um, that were just brought to me, you know, I was just thinking about them that had, I never really thought about before. Yeah. So as you were going through the stats, it made me think that, okay, a lot of suicide has to deal with a seed. There's a Mm. seed that's like planted in you, um, and and a seed of inferiority, Mm. you know, and it, it, it sprouts later on, Mm -hmm. um, if it keeps being watered. Mm -hmm. So However, someone I was I was looking up some stats as well, and they were talking about how a lot of times um, uh, suicide comes from some negative 
experience, some negative mm-hmm. occurrence. Yeah. And then it blossoms from mm-hmm. that. You know, so for me, um, there were a lot of things in regards to my my image, my hair, my like just a lot of things that were like said to me over and over again, especially mm-hmm. by a parent. And it just it seeded in me, but and it was just watered through the years. Mm-hmm. But it it the moment it sprouted was when I was by myself living mm. in Korea. So while I was there, I kind of think started thinking a lot about these thoughts. And you realize that, okay, well, it, it does it really matter that I'm here? Mm-hmm. You know, those are some of the other mm. thoughts that you begin to kind of morph into, I think, um, that begins to kind of come. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, while I was uh, in Korea, um, I remember this kind of week or a couple of days just like thinking about different things. And um, it just was like a like a dark kind of time because you're having to show up for people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and one of the crazy things that I remember about this time is that in Korea itself, it I'm not, I think they were number one, but I know that they were very high as far as countries of people that were dealing with suicide and depression. Mm. Um, you know, and it wasn't an uncommon thing for someone like even younger kids. Yeah. You know, I guess because of the, the, the societal pressures that are there. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes those that's those spirits, you know, that are, you know, wanting to target this group in a certain specific things. It even targets those who may be residing there as well. So mm-hmm. while I was there for that time, I think that was also a part of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, as those thoughts were coming and they became a little too heavy, um, you're, there's a saying that says, be, be mindful of your thoughts because your mm-hmm. thoughts become your words. Um, your words become actions. Actions become habits. Habits develop your character and so right. on. So it's like a lot of things start with a thought. Yeah. So if you're thinking about, you know, this is how um, off I am. This is how unworthy I am. This is how this. And I doubt that some people who say certain things to you growing up realize the effects of it, mm. especially like your parents. Yeah. Um, so so I there was this one day in particular where uh, in that moment um, I had decided, well, why don't I just end it all in this moment? You know, mm-hmm. and I rem- I remember seeing a stat about ninety percent of the people um, they they really like plan it out, yeah. And then there's like that ten percent who's I guess it's more impulsive. So I guess I was I guess in the in the ten percent range because I, I I didn't think of it when I started having those kind of thoughts and feelings of unworthiness of of being inferior of not necessarily needing to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really think of it as, okay, like really not being here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And mm. and then I remember, uh, yeah, this one particular night, the building that I was working at, um, I remember going to the the very top of the building and, and going to the, the ledge of where you can like, like jump over. And mm-hmm. I, I said, well, I thought about, yeah, just jumping over that. And it's, it's something that like kind of happens sometimes in, not in that area where I was at in Korea, but you've heard of thought, yeah. things like that. Yeah. You're going to say something? Yeah. So when, when did you first get the idea yeah. of going to the top of that building? It was I, that same night. It was mm-hmm. that because I had, 
I think seen the door before and like seen, oh, there's a, like, this is the door to the roof. But I think it was that same. That's why I was like, I think I'm that 10%, mm. you know, of just, mom, we just end it now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That, that same night as I was coming home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I guess it was just the, 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 the suffering, the pain, the things that I had been feeling and living out in that moment was too heavy. Um, there's a doctor, I think Rami Nader that talks about when people, um, are experiencing this as the, the the option, the only option. Yeah. It's it's um it's when that pain is too intolerable, um, it's inescapable and interminable. Mm. You know, and I see that as, you know, inescapable where, like you have nowhere to go. Right? Yeah. Interminable when. Like it there's no ending to this. Um and um the intolerable, like it, it's what's going on. It's just too much, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, that experience was happening um, in that moment. And that's when I was like, okay, let me just go to the top. I mm. saw the door before and yeah. So what, what happened? Yeah. So while I was there, this is crazy. And, you know, if some people, you know, they may not, you know, believe in God and stuff like that. Mm. Well, for me, um, in that moment, I went, I literally was on the top looking over and was like, okay. And there was, I, this is what I remember happening. Um, was that by the, by the grace of God, I just, there weren't, there weren't even like steps there. I don't know. It might sound kind of weird, but I remember being like brought down. I don't even remember like stepping down. Mm-hmm. I just remember being brought down. Mm-hmm. And this word these words were just they came to, they these words came to my mind. It was um you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. And that's scripture from uh Psalm 139. Mm-hmm. And that it just arrested me in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I was just there kind of like I guess sitting like like on the floor if you will just kind of like just just like crying. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, I don't know if you remember, um, but yeah, you were one of the last people that I saw before I went to, um, to Korea. We were um, at Patmos recording a uh, like a talk show for it, like oh, okay. like a podcast before podcasting, right? Uh, the kosher salt thing, and yeah. and um, so it was just interesting. Just in that moment um, before I left, you know, I would have never thought that in that moment, right, that I would be experiencing this. Couple, some months later right and i don't right. i don't think you probably would have thought that as no. well or other people you know and yeah sometimes there things just you know and i think that when i talk about the evil forces and the devil and the enemy if you don't want to call it the devil but the opposite side of good that's mm-hmm. for you it's strategic you mm-hmm. know think about this i was in a place where i didn't have anyone to really reach out to like that mm-hmm. and it was late so even if I tried to reach out to somebody. It wasn't really, you know, um, who you like really would they answer? With. Would they be away? Yeah, yeah, you know. And we're in a different time zone. So, so there's the people that I was cool with even in Korea, you know, where uh, the missionaries were kind of away, and then you didn't have Wi-Fi. You know, it's like a whole bunch of stuff. And even my students that I was cool with, like. Is the teacher going to reach out to them? Hey, I'm right. suffering. Right. I mean, but they, even though I think they would have showed love, yeah. but still you, you're just thinking about these things. And then 
um, you're also thinking about, yeah, how would people like receive this? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm, I'm a person who's in front of people and mm. all this type of stuff. And it's, it's so the pressure, I think that this is the only option. It just seems best, yeah. you know, in, in that moment. And um, yeah, the, when I heard that, that saying, you know, um, that you're fearfully wonderfully made, you know, like mm. this reassurance that um, it didn't matter what the, those seeds that were planted in me, you know, they're being uprooted, you know, in mm. that moment was, was, was a, was a blessing, you know, but it's, it doesn't divorce me from like sometimes having little remnants of, mm-hmm. of those ideas and thoughts. Yeah. Um, kind of happening and it was just crazy that I was literally on the brink of and I even could have slipped off because it was really Mm -hmm. small so I could have it could have even still happened like let's say if I paused and was like well maybe not accidentally like oh and then you slip yeah you know because it was a very thin ledge Mm. um so yeah yeah that's that's, it's just wild when I like even think about it even now right now I was gonna ask you that like what is it like to look back in be like yeah that that happened yeah it it really makes me want to pour into people man i love it like when i come across like younger people too like i was talking i was down south yesterday just like you know i had to go for a funeral but i was just driving around to the places where i used to live in fort lauderdale and then i went to like the elementary school i was at and stuff like that so when i come across like a young person there was like this person working as a campus monitor and i just love like just pouring in seeds of superiority <laughs> like more so of love and greatness you know that i want that to take root sometime later um so a lot of it I, I like to maybe help in some way that i can and i think a lot of it is is what you say and, and what you seed into people yeah. yeah so it makes you more like mindful and intentional about like you said pouring into others um, yeah mm-hmm. and i also and i also realize that sometimes you really you don't know what someone's going through. You could see right. them, you know, you could see them and yeah, it, it's always okay to ask someone, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, yeah. like really it's just like, how are you? Even though like I see you and stuff and you're, you maybe you're in front or you're a leader or you seem more of a happy type of person. Um, what's going on, you know, and just kind of being a safe space for people. Yeah. And I don't think that, a lot of people are, you know, I think the guy that was on the Ellen show, right? He mm-hmm. was very, I think people were saying, well, they would have never expected that or seen that. Yeah. Um, but I wonder who was really safe around him, who, mm. who were people that were just being able to be there for him. And I think he was married as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to talk about that, yeah. that part um, with, you know, with you in particular, I know you talked about this before. Yeah. It's like hitting me now. Mm. Um, first, I just want to say I'm so glad. Yeah, I'm so glad you didn't act on that. And, and then I'm also thinking to myself like, well, why didn't you call me? Mm. But not not in a way that I'm like, 
judging or blaming. I just wish you you felt like you could call me. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because, you know, um, I think you would have been someone I could have called. It's just, you know, when I was saying the... Those evil forces are so strategic. Yes, yeah. Because I'm I'm 14 hours away. Yeah. You know you you have to try to get Wi-Fi because I didn't have cell phone cell yeah. phone service. So it's it's just this moment of this is a good time for you to not be here. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just seems so right for that, you know. Um, and I and like I think um you know what you just said about being strategic and and again you know whether you believe in that whatever yeah um i think when the people who are on the outside mm. you know you're the people who love you and care about you and you know you talked about um dj twitch and like yeah yeah and then you know people are like well dang he had a wife he had a family like mm. everybody loved this man like he could call nobody mm. and but like what you said is such a good point because when people are in that space they don't feel like they have anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't feel like anybody understands. Nobody's in their corner. And so, and, I, and I'm kind of like jumping on both ends of the perspective now. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, one end as the friend and the person who cares about you, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my God, like, why couldn't you call me? But then I am also, I know, I understand, Yeah, you yeah. know, from the perspective of somebody who's going through it, mm-hmm. it it's not always that like clear and a parent that they can reach out to someone. Mm-hmm. And they literally might not be able to, like they might not even have like anything around them or, right. you know, a, whatever, their phone could have died. Like, you know, right. it's, it's just so crazy um, just how how this, how it kind of all happens. And mm-hmm. I wish um, that more of us were, you know, we sat with ourselves and we really, sat with the people around us yeah. and we really man tried to make try to say to people hey if anything ever i think mm-hmm. i think sometimes we expect people to like yo yo i'm here like right. letting people know like yo if anything ever if you ever think about this or that yo call me yeah yeah you know yeah and i and i think the other thing i wanted to like yeah. highlight is you mentioned you know, when you were going through these thoughts and this experience that you were thinking of yourself, like, oh, uh, well, I'm this person who's in front of people. Like, mm-hmm. I'm in this role. Mm-hmm. And what are people going to think? And, and I wonder if that's, like, also a barrier for people reaching oh, out yeah, for, sure. for help. I think so. Because especially in the faith tradition that, that we kind of grew up in a lot, of, sometimes you there's there's a spectrum, but there's someone can be of the the camp that what I do affects you and your salvation. Mm. Like if I watch this, if I listen to this, and then if you're with me and you listen to it, like you can go to hell for that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go to hellfire for that. Right. And it's just like that, that pressure there as well mm. is really wild. So you, so you really don't do stuff or maybe not reach out. Cause what if someone sees me at a mm. place, right. You know, that is for people who, um, need help with this or that or yeah that. Well, what are they gonna think like how am i gonna be able to lead them how am i gonna be yeah. able to to help them when i can't help myself when right. it's like you know we're really all humans mm, yes we're really if just because i'm leading you in this moment it doesn't mean that 
that I'm greater than you, that right. you're less than me, you know, or, right. or that I can't, you can't lead me in something else, you know, it's just in this moment here specifically, this is just what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Then I think sometimes we make these things a lot bigger yeah. than what they really are. Yeah. We put people on pedestals. We create like, you know, when I think about you, mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. tend to look at you as, yeah. you know, Gerard, this mm-hmm, amazing person mm-hmm. who's okay. so deep and, and he's so sociable. He's happy, mm-hmm. go lucky. And I think most people would never think that you would ever get to that place. Yeah, yeah. And I'm wondering like how do we how do we create an environment where all people feel safe mm. to like say hey, I'm struggling. Like like you know those memes I was talking about like check on your strong friend and but like how do we create this environment or change that where we yeah. stop holding these expectations of people even with DJ um, Twitch, mm. where everybody's like, yeah, look at these videos he has on Instagram and he's so happy and he's mm. dancing and he's on TV. And it's like, y'all, like that don't mean, that don't mean nothing. Mm. You could be presenting as the happiest person in the world and be the most depressed person ever. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, what do you think would have helped you at the time to yeah. feel safe to reach out? Yeah. I think, um, and I'll say this, and then I'll go back to that. Mm-hmm. I've been blessed to be a part of um, this this AYP Adventist Professionals Orlando mm-hmm. group, and I, and one thing that has been really happening is that um, the there it's a it's a safe space for people to it's a safe and sacred space for people to really like be themselves, and a lot of that came from. Um, individuals already being that way mm-hmm. and then with each other so they were vulnerable so vulnerability yes is one of the, the the foundations of having that type of environment if you can be if you're if you can be honest and you know trusting of someone and be vulnerable with that person um, let's say two of you can can begin to curate that mm-hmm. you know somewhere and and um and that will will grow into something yeah. so I, i've actually seen that happening in in um the group the uh the group adventist young professionals here and um i think for me personally at that time uh you know and i keep going back to this it's that strategicness of it it of that evil force just getting me like honestly in that moment and in that place there's it it literally was the best option if you will like Mm it there wasn't you know, there were people, but every the people that I did know were more so like overseas, like four, 14 mm-hmm. hour time difference. Yeah. You know, um, and at that time, as I mentioned, you know, for me, I ever in, in I mean, the, and even the people that were in Korea that I was maybe cool with or close with, like the other missionaries, they were like living in like other places too. Mm. Like, so I, so it's crazy how this happens when I used to live with the missionary. And we were cool, another teacher, missionary teacher, and I was cool with him. So we we're living together. Mm-hmm. But then there's a time where he leaves. Yeah. So this happens only when I'm by myself. Mm, yeah. So in that yeah. moment, I I didn't really have, you know, the the extended arms of grace reaching out to me. Not that they weren't there. Right. I couldn't really see them. And then so what could have been better for me in that moment? Um, 
maybe if I had found a, a local group that mm. was, you know, with me, you know, uh, that I had connected with yeah, and stuff like that, you know, but that was a little tough to find where I was at too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the, the, the church I was at, I mean, I had like a friend, but then we developed a friendship a little later. Yeah. So in that moment, it was like literally just me. Right. And I, you know, and as you're, you're talking about that, I'm thinking to myself, anybody who knows Gerard knows that you are the most sociable person ever. <laughs> like you can make friends with anybody. Word, and so I'm, if someone like you felt that isolated there, I can only mm. imagine someone who's not as, you know, mm. maybe has some anxiety around social connection and things like. Mm. So like I see that that isolation played like a big role. Yeah, in yeah, this. it did. Because there were some great people that, you know, that I had connected with. Um, Jenny and Sunny and some other, you know, people that were like some students of mine or, or mm-hmm. you know, and uh, people at the church, Chloe, like my good friend and um, Zuhi, like there were people that were like there, but they were like, kind of, it was all spread, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and then the timing, it was late. And it's just, yeah. it's so wild. As, as I keep saying it, I'm thinking about like, wow, that's, I don't know how I, how I really got out of that if it wasn't right. for God. Like, right. Like, because even yeah, the people that I did connect with who were there, you know, I doubt that they probably would have picked up at, I don't remember, it was late um, at mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Or even if the Wi-Fi would have worked. Right. It, like, it's, it's kind of mind-blowing. Wow. I'm thinking about it. So I want to um, kind of talk about yeah. some other aspects of suicide and and then if, if you can plug in your personal experience yeah, to these yeah. these questions um but first i want to address the myths mm, so yeah. <laughs> what are some common myths that you've heard yeah about suicide that um maybe this person is weak mm-hmm. um they don't care about other people or their family and stuff i.e they're selfish right? yeah um like it's a choice that that I guess that they have, you know. This is a choice that they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I came across. Oh yeah, that people want to die. Mm. You know, like mm. they want to, and I don't think anybody really wants right. to. You know, um, I think some people have also said things like, you know, they just they just want attention, right? And it's like. What? So wait, let's address those. So first one yeah. you said where people um are self selfish. People mm. who, you know, are that die by suicide, attempt suicide are selfish. What do you say to that? I say that the person saying that isn't taking ownership of maybe their role mm. in mm. what might have led that person to that. Mm-hmm. You know? And and then they'll say if they didn't have anything to do with it, I think that that person who may be saying that just I don't they don't understand what those what that person is going through right. and they may not want to understand it as well right which is it's just sad um you know why would someone who and, and I think it's we just have a misunderstanding of it of it in general yes. like suicide in general yes. you know um 
that this it's not seen as someone who's suffering and in pain. Right. It's someone who doesn't care. Right. Like they don't care about anyone or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they just they just do this this act that just had nothing to do with anything before mm-hmm. or nothing. They just it's all about them. And it's like, no, that's not the case. Right. You know. So I I would yeah, that's what I would say to that person. Like maybe check check yourself and see why you're saying that. Right. You know, why are you saying that this person is selfish? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100% agree. And um, I'm going to kind of put on my therapist hat yeah. in this part a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, having worked with many people who have attempted suicide and deal with suicidal thoughts, it I've never come across someone who's, not thought about the people around Mm. them. Um, Of course they think about how it would hurt Mm. their family and the people that love them. But like you said, I think people don't understand what people are going through when they're in that moment. They're not, it's not that they don't care. It's that they're just at such a deep level of suffering Mm -hmm. that like you, like you were saying, this feels like the only option in that moment and and people often like one of the common um parts of like when people are in a suicidal state is they tend to feel like a burden to other people mm. they feel like they're not important they feel like nobody would care mm. or that people would be better off if they yeah. weren't there right so that you have to also take that into pers- perspective if somebody feels like they are bringing down others or they're just a weight on the world they're they're not it's not that they don't care it's just they just don't think they think right. people will be better off if they weren't here right right so right. and that's when they're in that mind state mm. um the second thing you said was what was the other myth was you- it a, a weakness um mm-hmm. the other one uh choice about it being a choice mm-hmm. and attention seeking attend that's what i wanted to talk yeah, about yeah what do you say up to that the attention seeking one well, give them the attention they need. Like, right, right, like, <laughs> right. Go, go over there ASAP. Yes. You know, okay. Mm-hmm. If you find them, think, think, like, let's say if they failed at it, like, or just, yo, give them mm-hmm. what they need. Be there. Find out from yourself, like, what, how can I show up for this person? Yeah. Ask God as well. Yeah. You know, to teach you what. So I, and look up resources, research. Yes, Mm -hmm. yes, they do need a certain type of attention. It's not what you're thinking as attention. Like, oh, I just want it to just be about me. Right. No, they need a loving attention. Mm -hmm. So yeah, give that to them. Yeah. You know, give that to them. Yeah, 100% agree with that. And this is a common myth that people say like, oh, they just, they just want attention. And it's like, okay. Then this is where we have to come in with the the empathy. Like, what is going, regardless of whether this person intends to act on what they're saying or not, what is going on with this person that would bring them here to begin mm-hmm. with, to even exactly. say that, to right. express that they want to take their life? Um, so regardless of whatever the intent is, it's a cry for help. Mm-hmm. And we need to take that seriously. Um, and most people who are in, um, who have attempted suicide have 
expressed mm. it mm. to someone at some point. So you don't know. Somebody may say that they're suicidal every week. You don't know what week they're going to actually act on it. Mm. So you need to take it seriously every time, mm. you know. So don't ever, you know, discount or bypass someone expressing that to you because you think that they just want attention. Mm. You know? That's serious. Wow. Yes. What was the other one you said? I think wanting to die. Like the person yes. Wants to die. It's like, hold on. Does someone, does someone really want to die? Mm. You know, and mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. I think if that's the best option for you, then that's why, you know, you may go with that, yeah. you know, um, cause there's nothing else for me to do. Right. Um, but I don't, I don't believe that someone really wants to not be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's intolerable, inescapable, right. Interminable, mm-hmm. as it, um, Dr. Nader says, then, then of course they're going to do that you know? yeah so yeah yeah um people who are in a su- suicidal state yeah like you said they don't it's not that they want to die they just want the suffering mm-hmm. to end yeah, and they see that it. as the only option in yeah. that moment yeah that's it um another myth that i commonly hear is that if somebody really wants to die they're just they're gonna do it so kind of like, okay, well, oh, what am I supposed yeah. to do? Like they if somebody's suicidal, right, right, right. they're going to just do it. And that um, that is not true. Mm-hmm. And suicide is definitely preventable. Yes. And something as simple as a conversation or someone mm-hmm. smiling. Like I've heard so many stories yeah. of just yeah. simple things that just redirected their whole like thought process yeah i had a story about that too Um, Mm -hmm. when i was a assistant dean um at oakwood i had a student who was they were always pretty like okay you know they were basketball player kind of thing um little known and i just remember one one day they were just like sitting in the lobby just looking kind of um not necessarily out of place Mm. but there was something that they were thinking about and contemplating heavily. And I just remember seeing them. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, just how's it going with you? Like, how's everything going? And then he wants to talk. And then they shared with me that they had those plans mm. of harming themselves. And, to, and I, you would have never thought that with that, yeah. with that student. And, and I was like, wow, this is wild. Like, what if I never, what if I just like kept walking? Right. I, I was like, right. Oh, that's crazy. And then we went into the office and, and, you know, I think things by God's grace just kind of redirected. You said that word mm-hmm. redirected. It just went a different way. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's wow. What if I never, if I just walked past them? Right. You know? Right. If, so it's, it's good to be observant if you see yes. people, you know, what if they just kind of looking like they're, you know, thinking about stuff or whatever. Just, it's okay to just stop. Hey, everything okay? Mm-hmm. And they'll let you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm good. I'm just right. about to go do this or this or that. Or they say no, you know. Mm-hmm. Not. So yeah, yeah. Um, so so yes. Uh, if somebody is having suicidal thoughts, it is a hundred percent preventable. Yes. We we can yes. we can redirect that. Yes. Yes. Um, what other any other myths that you've heard? Um, I think those were the 
The ones I can really oh, pinpoint. One, yeah. and we kind of talked about earlier, yeah. but like this idea that people who present, people who are very successful or who, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, present as very happy um, are not, actually the, the myth is more so people think that the only people who are suicidal are like depressed and they right. have severe mental disorders or they're crazy. Right. And that is not true. Um, there are people who have mental disorders who do not experience suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. And there are people who have attempted and completed suicide who did not particularly suffer from a mental disorder, but had a circumstance. Mm. Sometimes people will go through certain things. They may like lose a job or they're yep. going through a divorce or lose a relationship mm -hmm. um, or they're facing like a certain criminal, you know, criminal legal um, matters. Mm -hmm. um, so there's circumstances that can drive a person to that point as well. And like we talked about earlier, People who are, people could have everything in the world, seemingly, what we mm -hmm. think. We perceive them as having mm -hmm. everything in the world. And they could have all the success and the beauty and everything and still kill themselves. Mm. And it's happened wow. many yeah. times. Wow. As we've seen with, you know, celebrities, yep. people in the media. For sure. Um, so we need to get that idea out of our head that, suicide looks like this or people who are suicidal are like this right, because right. anybody could be driven to that point right so true so true so true yeah um, my word. so what um let's talk a little bit about like what do we do what so like if somebody is experiencing suicidal thoughts and if someone you're trying to support someone who's experienced su suicidal thoughts. So mm. let's start from the perspective of the person who, who's experienced. So if somebody is experiencing suicidal thoughts, what should they do? And, you know, Gerard, coming, I want to give the personal experience. So as someone who has been there, what advice would you give to someone who is having those thoughts? Yeah. So um, if they do have a connection to God, um, I would say, um, in this moment, you know, um, I would say to, to see if you are able to, to pause and to pray, mm -hmm. um, in that moment, a prayer of honesty, what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you're going through and, 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 uh, letting God know that, um. And I also think while doing that, you can also call the the, the suicide um, prevention hotline. I think it's nine eight eight, right? Yeah. Um, then you can begin to talk to someone uh, who the, the you can connect with, you know. And if if you don't have some person that you think really cares about you and loves you, that you can reach mm -hmm. out and share. So it's so pausing to really share, mm -hmm. you know, before you may think about doing this, um, expressing yourself mm -hmm. with someone who's safe and honest. And I think the safest being or person is God. So that's if you more have a religious bend while also still um, calling someone from the suicide hotline. And if you, or if you know someone, mm -hmm. whether it be an auntie or, or a cousin that, that really 
you know really loves you and is there for you, you're mm-hmm. letting them know um, yeah. what you're experiencing, what you're going through. Um, if you're if you're someone who doesn't have more of a, a religious um, bend to your life and you don't believe in God and things of that nature, I would say just in that moment, if you can pause and then call that number, just uh, um, the suicide hotline, the 988. Mm-hmm. And because what, what you'll do is you just, you, you begin to take, you use your power to remove yourself from that experience, mm-hmm. you know, um, and you get to talk to someone who will be able to help you through that, you know, professionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because um, it's one thing to tell someone, well, just start thinking that you're good and that right. you're this and that you're that. But there's a, they're there, you know, mm-hmm. they're about, they're a step away. Yeah. So I think that's probably the next best thing if you don't have a person and then, and then that can go on both sides, religious or not. If you don't have a, if, if you have a person then that you can really reach out to do that. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, there is that number. Yeah. I think they, they're available 24 seven. Yes, absolutely. Um, yes. So, and this is putting on the therapist hat. Um, if you are, yeah, experiencing thoughts of suicide Um, Like Gerard said, like reaching out is the big thing here, Mm -hmm. connecting with someone. So whether that be a family member or friend, the crisis hotline, um, reach out to someone. And sometimes we can get stuck in our, when we're just alone with our thoughts, it's easy for our thoughts to take over. But if we're able to unload some of that, with in the you know trusted and safe space of others um it can help a lot it can help you think things through um and come up with a plan of how you can address those thoughts that you're having um and yeah the great thing about the uh suicide hotline is it's always available so if nobody answers or you don't have anyone you know if all else fails you can call this 988 number and somebody is going to answer and you can text or call that number um so both modes um of communication are available to you 24 7. some other things i would recommend um if you're at the point where you are having the thought you are having, you have a plan. So you're saying to yourself, I'm going to take this gun out of my closet, load it and, and kill myself with the gun at 12 o'clock today. Like you, you have a plan of what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, when you're going to do it. And you actually have an urge to act on that plan. That is when you need more immediate um, help. So that could be, um, that could still be calling the crisis line, the 988 number. Uh, you can call 911 and, you know, let them know the situation and they will send, uh, they have officers who are specifically trained to handle situations mm-hmm. like this. Um, and they will take you to, you know, uh, care, inpatient care where you can, where you will be safe. Um, so that is the situation where immediate help is needed. And so, yeah. And then other uh, ways of dealing with suicidal thoughts. So maybe you're having a thought, maybe it's not to the point of having a plan or intent. 
um, just being able to just do something like do some type of activity, take a walk, um, grounding yourself, um, just trying to like move up your shake up the movement, get out of the thoughts, like not just sitting and stewing with the thoughts, um, doing something to kind of uh, get help yourself get out of that mind state. Uh, but also you can still talking to someone can also be very helpful to get you know, move through those thoughts, calling the crisis hotline. So there's a lot of options. So like community and connection is really important here. Um, so just having, finding your safe place, finding who you're going to talk to, finding activities that you can engage in that will help, um, help you feel better, help you kind of move through the thoughts. Because a lot of times these thoughts can be like waves. The tide comes in and then it goes out. Mm -hmm. um, we just got to get through the wave. Um, and then, you know, it may be helpful to connect with professional help if you notice that this is a pattern or something that is bothersome for you or you recognize that these thoughts are coming from somewhere or some experience you had, um, you know, and just getting um, help, seeing a therapist and getting connected with those uh, resources, which you can also get that through the crisis line you can also call 211 um, and get connected with uh, resources in your area so i would recommend that as well and um if you are a college student and you go most uh well i believe all public universities and then i, I can't really speak for private colleges but i would imagine they would have these resources too but uh, getting connected with your university uh, CAPS, Counseling and Psychological Services, mm. um, is, you know, that's a resource that is available to you as a student and you are already paying for it in your tuition. So you might mm. as well utilize it. Right. <laughs> and I, I've worked several years in college uh, mental health. So I, you know, always would recommend like just get tap into that resource. Like if you can get counseling at no additional cost to you while you're mm -hmm. a student do it, do it. <laughs> um and then most of those college um counseling centers have um you know emergency services as well mm -hmm. so if you go there and you let them know like hey i need to talk to somebody right now um i, I know at the university of central florida we have that but mm -hmm. i can't speak for every university in the entire united states but i would imagine they have some form of emergency sure, yeah. services for students I, at least i would hope so um so definitely tap into that and yeah so you know those are just some suggestions um you know there's more you can find more information if you go to the uh website the 988lifeline.org um you can find more information go to the uh, 211 if you just google 211 go to that website and you can find more information there um so in terms of helping yeah how do we help how do we support so what are some thoughts on that yeah helping and supporting um and this is so for someone who's not in the moment, right? Because we were talking about someone just now, someone who's like in the moment of it. So, yeah. So now we're talking about you are the person, someone is coming to you or you notice that someone is exhibiting, oh, you know, we need to also talk about warning signs. Mm. And I can kind of go through that. So 
what does this even look like? What are the warning signs? Mm. Um, so some things that we want to look for is if somebody's talking about suicide, talking about wanting to die, talking about wanting to kill themselves. Mm. Um, they're looking for ways to kill themselves. Maybe they're searching methods. They're looking uh, for firearms. Um, that can be a sign. Mm. Um, even like sometimes people make subtle statements like, oh, I wish I could just go to sleep and never wake up. Or, mm. gosh, I just wish, I wish a car would just hit me and, and I would mm. just wouldn't be alive anymore. So like statements that don't sound like explicit, I want to kill myself, but they're making statements that they don't want to be here anymore. Mm. Um, so those are all, also things you want to look out for. Um, hopelessness. So people feeling like they have no purpose. They just feel very hopeless in life. They don't see the point in mm. living. Um, those are things we want to listen for. People feeling trapped in whatever situation. Mm. They don't see a resolution or a solution to what they're going through. Um, increase in like risky behaviors. So if we notice that this person is maybe drinking a lot more than usual or they're engaging in drug use, like maybe using more um uh, you know, using more drugs or uh, tapping into more serious types of drugs. So we're noticing a, like a change in their mm -hmm. substance use behaviors, um, noticing drastic changes in the person's mood. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they've become very depressed or their mood is kind of fluctuating. Maybe one minute they're super irritable and angry and then now they're depressed and um, isolation. We notice that they're not coming out as much anymore. Maybe they're not calling you as much. They're not answering the phone. When you invite them out, they're not mm. coming out. Um, they're mm. staying to themselves. So those are things we want to look for. And I, I think in general, you want to look for any major change mm. in a person's shift behavior. Yeah, yeah. Yep. shift in behavior. Other signs could be if a person's giving away like prized possessions. So if you notice that they have this, I don't know, this object that they've always loved and valued and then all of a sudden they don't care about it anymore mm. and they're giving it away. They're selling all their items in their house. Um, that is another sign uh, that someone is, you know, planning to to take wow. their life. Um, so yeah, again, we want to look for major shifts in behavior. Mm. But at the same time, if you don't know people, if you don't talk to people, how will you know that something's you know? different? Right. That's true. So that's, that's true. where connect connection mm. and community and paying attention, paying attention and checking it, in with people <laughs> matters yes, it does. Yes, it does. any thoughts on warning signs John? yeah paying attention and um one thing it's funny your cousin <laughs> i was talking to him one day and he said uh shane he was like uh he, he hit me up and i was like oh man bro like i um I was supposed to hit you up like Thursday, like like Wednesday or something, because this would always happen. Someone would would come into my mind or something, mm -hmm. and he made a he made a joke, but it was kind of a serious joke. He said, he said, ah, you see, like you you, you know you waited, you, you never know what could happen, like mm. you know you, um you should mm. he's like you should always hit somebody up, like mm. even though I'm good, like you should always hit somebody up. And I thought about yeah. that, and I was like, man, yes, when someone comes across your mind, I think. Mm. Um, just checking in. So that goes along the lines of like the paying attention yeah. in, in community. If you're in community with people and you're building deeper connections, 
like don't feel the type of way about just checking in yeah you know hitting them up whatever just like hey just you know just, you know, if you're good whatever whatever um and yeah pay attention to the people that are in your circle mm-hmm. you know as mm-hmm. you're getting to know them you can see some of the you know what they do and stuff like that um and uh it's always good like if someone's like they're always around and then they just like stop coming around yeah it's like hey, yeah it's good just are you good you know and sometimes things happen where people you know they're doing this or they want to do that right but it's always better to go forward with with what you're feeling mm-hmm. checking in checking on them um so i think i think that's something at least to do even before you see certain things to just continue to be aware of those people who are around you and then what they're doing and then if you do start to see you know or, or what i just think about warning signs i i, I um i th- i think that people they don't realize that they do they'll start to give off certain mm-hmm. things you know and some may want us to step in and be like hey mm-hmm. they might not say it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yeah just just always being aware is is something i think that's very important yeah yeah and not and check checking in on the people sometimes i think we think certain people oh they're good oh they're all right not check on them too Mm-hmm. You know, it's <laughs> real. Uh, and be intentional about even just simple, like you know, when we come across people, we're like, "Oh, hey, how you doing? How was your day?" Like, just these like very routine questions, but not nah, like be be intentional mm-hmm. about asking someone about their day. How are you feeling today? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like just really be intentional. Um, so when it comes to supporting someone who does express that maybe they're having suicidal thoughts or they're in a really bad place. Um, just some quick like do's and don'ts. And Gerard, you can share some as well. Um, first, do take them seriously. So mm. somebody's saying that they are yeah. suicidal, take it serious. Um, and listen without judgment. Mm. So somebody expresses that they're having these thoughts you know, it, it's not helpful to be, oh my gosh, you were thinking that? What about your family? What about your kids? Aren't you a Christian? Like, don't do that. Mm. Not not helpful at yeah. all. No. Um, and I would also say, like, avoid those very blanket statements, like, um, oh, you'll get through this. Mm-hmm. It'll get better. You'll be fine. You'll be mm-hmm. fine. Just pray. Not helpful. Not. And in these moments, we need to be focusing more on listening. Yeah. Listening. Not saying things because we just want them to be okay mm-hmm. in that moment or because we feel uncomfortable or anxious with what mm-hmm. is being shared with us. So we want to throw out some little feel-good mm-hmm. statements and think we did our job. No. We need to listen to what this person's going through and and also like avoid the whole i know what you're feeling i know you don't know even if you even if you yourself went through you know having suicide thoughts your experiences may not be the same as this person person. so yeah 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 what are your thoughts and i think you (laughs) i think you hit them all i was gonna say yeah about please like do listen you know and but I think you, I think you really uh, hit it hit it on the head, you know, with, with all of them. Um, I think, yeah, just, yeah, don't 
make someone feel, you know, worse than what they already <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. You know, and I think asking them, you know, how can I support you yes. right now? I think it's good too, right? Yes. That's such what an important question. Yeah. Yeah. How can so, I help? What do you need right now? Right. Right. Um, and this is, and I think sometimes people feel this pressure, like, oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta make it okay. I got no, like just breathe, mm-hmm. be present, listen. Your job is not to fix anyone. Ask them what they need. How can you support them? And then in a situation where somebody is telling you like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to kill myself in the next five minutes. This is what I'm going to do. This is where, that is where you need to contact law enforcement. Yeah. Um, and that's, and you can always do safety checks um, for people. So like, say like you're talking on the phone or maybe they post something on the mm-hmm. internet. Yeah. If you know where this person lives, you call 911, say, hey, I'm concerned. This person said X, Y, and Z. I'm, I don't think that they're safe. Can you send an officer to do a safety check for this person? Mm-hmm. They're going to need to know where that person lives, the location to go to. Um, and an officer will come and check in with them to make sure they're okay. So those are in situations where you, maybe you are, you live far away, you're not in mm-hmm. front of them. Um, you can always do a safety check if you are concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if, you know, also if you, if somebody's expressing something to you and you're not, you're just not sure what to do, you can also call the crisis hotline. You can call 988. Mm-hmm. They're there to support, not just folks who are experiencing it, but they also support family members, friends, oh, others who don't know what to wow. do. Yeah. So you can always call them and consult with them as well. That's good. That's good. So <laughs> no, we talked about the lot. This is a topic that could be discussed yeah, in several yeah, yeah, episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But any last thoughts, feelings, Gerard, as we yeah. wrap up? Man, it's, it's crazy. I, it just hit me of, um, someone I knew when I was living in uh, Peru that I met out there. And I remember getting some text messages like some months later after I met him that they had, um, they died by suicide. Mm. And looking back, you know, it's just like, wow, looking back on my, on my own experience, looking back on theirs, when I was there with them. And as you asked that question, I would just say, man, like when you're with people, just just show love like try to understand what love really means for yourself mm-hmm. and kindness and and um try to see yourself so you can begin to see others try to yeah you know love yourself you know um and i think that that's something that god will show you how to do that and and um even if you're if you're not religious you know taking like seeing yourself as worthy and valuable mm-hmm. and i think doing that and and also you know, helping others to see that mm-hmm. it can it can go a long way. You know, um, and hey, if you ever feel a certain type of way about not a certain type of way, if you ever <laughs> are experiencing, you know, a time where where you're suicidal, um, yeah, reach out, reach out. Don't yeah. be afraid. Please don't be afraid to to reach out. Um, even if you're listening, and even if I don't know you, uh, you, yeah. you find me. Like real talk, um, reach, reach out, reach out. Um, and I, I hope and pray that people can, that they at least have one person, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that they'll be able to like call and stuff. And, you know, and it's crazy. There's there's someone who's, who's an aunt to me. 
I may be too long on this one, but, and I just realized how like beneficial she's just always like pouring in, always showing me love. Always. So I know if, you know, if I, if I or you, you know, there are people mm-hmm. that you, you, that I'm thinking about like, man, yeah. I, and I'm thankful just to have people, you know, mm-hmm. um, in my life, of course, my sister, other, mm-hmm. you know, so, so it's find those people, you know, and other friends, of course, um, find those people, you know, that, that you can reach out to have them just like a, in your pocket, you know, like in your yeah. back pocket. Right. Just like, okay, if something ever happens, you know, um, I'll be able to do that. Right. Exactly. Definitely want to second all of that. And yeah, at the end of the day, just reach out to someone, tell someone, don't just sit with yourself with those thoughts and just recognizing that when you're in that headspace, you may not be able to see there, there may, there is the possibility of things getting better and just give yourself a chance. So just want to thank you, Gerard, for sharing your story, being here for this conversation. Thankful to be here. Yes. And then 988, do not keep that number to memory um, because you may need it or someone else may need it. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again for listening and please like, subscribe, and share if you would like to support my podcast. The information for my guests and resources related to the topic are in the show notes. Remember, if you or someone else is experiencing suicidal thoughts, you can contact the Suicide in Crisis Lifeline at 988. So please stay tuned for future episodes of the Honest Conversations podcast.